Hey guys, really quick. I genuinely hate, kind of hate to do this, but uh, something's kind of happened. Uh, long story short, I, my sister, and my best friend, some of you know Ms. Deej, bought a house last year, and the foundation work, turns out, was really shitty. Uh, again, long story short, it's going to cost us 30 grand, and we just don't have that. Uh, the reason I'm being kind of quiet and kind of weird is because Deej doesn't know this, so it's kind of fun. Kind of on the DL. This is in no way affiliated with Fumbling Four. This is just me. I'm just lucky enough to have this platform to ask if anyone has even a penny to spare. It would be genuinely greatly appreciated. And also, for anyone curious why Deech doesn't know I'm doing this, he hates asking for help. I just can't stand here. Just watching as my best friend struggles through something like this, I, I I just want to help him any way I can. The link will be in the show notes. It's a GoFundMe called Emergency Foundation Work. Thanks again, guys. Welcome back, guys. Today we're going to talk about the third Primark found, Mr. What the fuck? FBI, open up! I'm not supposed to talk about them. Okay, moving on. Accept everything just the way it is. Do not seek pleasure for its own sake. Do not, under any circumstances, depend on a partial feeling. These are all direct quotes from my favorite philosopher, me, Naked Mango, definitely not Musashi Miyamoto. <laughs> With me today is somebody who needs a lot of philosophy quotes. So let's be real. Almighty crit. Hey, hey, Mango. A big F you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, isn't that, isn't that Miramoto Musashi? <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's just my all-time favorite <laughs> philosopher. This is immediately off topic, but have you ever read his book, The Book of Five Rings? Yes. I, Amazing. It's the best opening to any book I've ever read. I climbed a mountain because I could. And I'm like, why haven't I died yet? Must be God. He created me for this. <laughs> Today we're talking about the fourth Primark to be found, Ferris Manus. Oh, Ferris Manus. Furry man whore or some shit like that. You mean the Gorgon? Yes, the Gorgon. Where the fuck did you find that? Did you just Google Ferris Manus? Ah, uh, uh, see what happened was I did some research. Okay. <laughs> Ferris Manus, also known as the Gorgon, was the Primarch of the Iron Hands. He was a master smith who quickly became known for his weapons specifically. He's the one who crafted Fulgrim's sword for the sword who shall not be named was found and he crafted a special bolter for Vulcan that was actually shaped to look like a dragon breathing fire whatever it fired so my my guy is a, a master blacksmith one of, he is one of master there there was a few of them that were really into blacksmithery I, I think memory serves he just specialized in weapons and like, I want to say Vulcan in armor? I'd, I'd have to dig back into it. It's been a while since I looked into Vulcan. Anything other than him being a, you know, immortal. 
So when Ferris was separated along with the rest of the Primarchs, he shot out into the ether and he crash landed on a planet, specifically a feral world called Medusa. He straight up landed on a mountain or in a mountain, depending on how you want to say it, and turned basically turned that mountain into a crater. He hit so hard that the locals said that on that day, something along the lines like on that day when the stars fell, the ground shook so hard, mountains turned to rubble. Like multiple mountains actually were destroyed, his impact, which I don't know why he hit that hard. Maybe he was, maybe his driving's just bad. Who knows, honestly. Whenever he landed, he actually was buried extremely deep within the ice of this mountain. He landed on, from what I understand, he landed on the Northern Hemisphere, which was a very frozen kind of area. And he was buried deep, deep within this mountain after destroying it. And then there's not a whole lot of info. He just straight up walked out of the rubble years later as a full grown ass man. <laughs> no explanation there, huh? Well, that's that's part of what I've tried really hard to dig into it. And maybe there's just, maybe there's some info in like books and stuff like that. But from my understanding, I have uh, full disclosure. I have not read. I pretty much only know how to not spoil anything. I know where Ferris Manus is now, and I know why his people are called the Iron Hands. Other than that, I never dug that much into him because of essentially because of the events of Forest Heresy. That being said, he was arguably very impressive. There are some there's some super cool shit he did. But we'll get to that. I will say one bad thing about not reading any of his books specifically. From my understanding, he never talked about his childhood with anyone other than if the if the emperor specifically walked up and was like, hey, tell me about your 16th birthday. He would talk about it. But other than that, he was a very closed off. Did not talk about it. They were like, hey, what happened on Medusa? He's like, I conquered that bitch. Yeah. Just didn't like to talk about his past. So I will say there have been a lot of comparisons about what we know about between Ferris and Vulcan, they landed on extremely similar-esque planets and went through very similar upbringing kind of scenarios. But they turned out as remarkably different people. That's not to say that one of them is a douche or anything like that. To my knowledge, both of them were incredibly good people. It's just Ferris, he's very stoic is the word I would use to describe him. He kind of... I can... I, I can see why he'd be a little stoic in the research with the geography and the culture surrounding the people of Medusa. Yeah. We'll get into that when I start talking about geography, culture, and fauna. Yeah. But, yeah, I can see why he's very stoic and very secretive, for lack of better words. Whereas... You know, Wolfie Boy was very out there and he was nothing was really secret for him. It's two different kind of cultures. You know, the the Nordic for us. I said Vulcan. Vulcan, crap. Okay, never I mean, mind. You're still not technically <laughs> I mean it's still you're not technically wrong. Still not wrong though. But I, I a big part of the difference, in my opinion, between Ferris Ferris's upbringing and Russ's is Russ. They both landed and landed on very primitive planets, but mm -hmm. Fenris had a form of culture. It had its own. It had a form of civilization, even if that civilization was a bunch of tribes that were separated. All of the tribes still had pretty much the same culture, the same ideology, things like that. Where Ferris, I can think of the word Fenris, where Ferris landed, as far as I'm seeing, there wasn't that wasn't the case. It was straight primitive. They were basically cavemen. They were like worshiping rocks and shit, basically. Like, not even like a special rock. Uh. Not even a special rock. If like a rock, if there was a, a landslide and it crushed their whoever was currently ruling them, they were like, "Oh, uh, that mountain must be a god." And he was angry that this man was, you know, that that type of primitive. 
Yes, I'll save it till we get the culture because there's a little bit yeah, more. That's, that's fine. I'm, I'm trying to give like kind of a brief overlay of kind of about how because, like I said, not a whole lot is mentioned, and what little we do know is similar to Russ. We've gleaned from word of mouth from the people on his planet, but unlike Russ, Fenris had a tradition of sagas of word of mouth passing on legends and stuff like that. Whereas the people of Medusa, it was more of just like a, a rumor mill. Another thing that could be said is part of the reason why he spent so much time in that mountain is he didn't land anywhere with any form of civilization. He landed way off the fucking pass. And he eventually found his way to them once he, you know, once the man-child came out of the rubble. That being said, once he did come out, he started fucking shit up left and right. He immediately got a reputation as the world's best warrior. He started conquering people and he wasn't because they were primitive. They wound up worshiping him as a God. And while he wasn't like, yes, worship me peasants. Really the only thing he cared about was like, you can do whatever you want, whatever you feel like doing. But if I say jump, you figure out a way to double jump in the, middle, in the air. You listen when I speak. And then at one point, he actually killed, they called it a great silver worm, but it is speculated by the Imperial, like in, in game, in canon, whatever you want to call it, the Imperial speculate that what he fought was actually a Necron machine that was supposed to be impervious to harm. He straight up dragged it into molten magma and basically dragged it in order to kill it. And its skin splashed all over him and that's how he got his iron hands they're actually covered he doesn't have iron hands his hands are covered in necrodermis which is essentially the skin of necrons it's a living i can't say living tissue but it's living metal now we get into some of the kind of cooler stuff once he had conquered a lot of people a lot of clans and things like he had come he was more wildly known things are starting to move forward as a culture instead of kind of just kicking back he went and found what was known as the Iron Fathers, which, despite them being primitives, were the half-tech priests, half-shamans that were left over from before the Age of Strife. And they were incredibly secretive. They didn't like giving up their knowledge, or I was going to say or, but that's really all it was. They didn't like giving up their knowledge. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot of, you know what I mean? They didn't like giving up their They like being the smartest guys in exactly. the room. They're a very secretive group. So to combat that, he basically said, you know who I am. You know I'm the, the biggest, best, and best. You use me. You teach me. Essentially what it about. That's a very layman term. He essentially just kind of, I, I cannot say he became his errand boy. We weren't exactly giving him orders. He just, he helped them out. And they started teaching him everything they know about technology. And he very quickly worked with them and soon they were kind of learning off of each other. He immediately started to, he got this and he's like, okay, well, if A equals B, why can't we have C? And they immediately started making, crafting better weapons and things like that, which quickly made him not only the strongest warrior on this planet, but Master Blacksmith. After he had done all of this, he started leading, he started actually forming groups of warriors from the different clans and started exploring from what I can tell Medusa must have been a hive planet before the age of strife so in a hive planet for those of you who don't know you of course have your surface level that surface level is built on what used to be the surface level which is built on what used to be the surface level it's it's there for hundreds sometimes thousands of floors so once he had kind of you know, quote unquote, conquered these primitives, he started taking a bunch of the warriors and started exploring the deeper depths of this planet, looking for ancient technology, clearing out mutants and some weird silver eyed giant, which there's weirdly little info on that. I just think it's interesting that it's a silver eyed giant that has to mean something unless I'm crazy. They also, they wound up fighting. This is just creepy. 
It's described as living dead cyborgs. They're cyborgs, which means they used to be half people, but they were trapped for so long, their flesh has straight up melted off and the metal parts had rusted. And so they, they're, it's just crazy half robot skeleton things that were just wandering the abyss, attacking anything that came nearby. By the time the Emperor came to claim him, Ferris Manus was fully a warlord. He spent all day every day conquering, whether it be other clans or beasts or the robots or land. He was considered a demigod and a sage. He was a very wise man. He learned quickly. And this is actually one of my favorite parts about Ferris Manus. It said that he actually pretty much just sat there and waited. When the Emperor found him, he was like, I've been waiting for you. I figured that with me being as different as I am, there had to be a larger purpose for me being here. So when the Emperor brought him back, he, a good word for it is he was just hungry. He wanted to learn more. He set to learning about technology and things like that. And he, he continued to be a blacksmith just now with pew pews, space weapons, not just, you know, iron and steel. <laughs> the pew pews. The pew pews. And he was eventually introduced to his 10th Legion. Can't for the li- I didn't look it up. I really should have. I can't remember what they originally called. It was probably something stupid. The emperor has something for canines, so it was probably metal puppies or some stupid fuck. He immediately, literally, immediately, was like, the dude was like, "Hi, I'm Charles, and I've been leading the Tenth Legion." And he's like, "I don't give a fuck. It's not the Tenth Legion. It's the Iron Hands." He said, "Fuck you. I don't care. You're the Iron Hands now." And immediately made them in his image. He started retraining them. They got essentially kind of really into arts and crafts, <laughs> you know, build, building weapons and armor and stuff like that. And a lot of them started basically chopping off their arms and replacing them with robot arms out of respect for him. Which I, and I actually just learned this, digging a little bit more into Ferris. I sent the quote I showed you. Yeah. It's really fascinating if when you know when you think about who the Iron Hands are now. If you want to go ahead and read that quote. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so I found the quote. Here we go. They are not my hands. This fact is forgotten by my brothers inexplicably. It has always seemed to me the hands are strong to be sure and have created great things for us all. But they are not mine. And that counts for something. They forget that the silver on my arms comes from a beast that I vanquished. It is the mark of a great evil that I ended, and yet it persists within me. I would struggle to remove it now. I will not remove the silver from my flesh because I have learned to depend on it. The fault is with my mind. I rely on the augmentation given to me by the metal gauntlets. So much so that the flesh beneath them is now a little more than a distant memory. A day will come when I will strip it from me, lest I lose the power to master myself forever. Already my legion's warriors replace their shield hands with metal in my honor, and so they too are learning to doubt the natural strength of their bodies. They must be weaned off this practice before it becomes a mania for them. Hatred of what is natural, of what is human, is the first and the greatest of corruptions. So I record it here. When the time comes, I will strip my hands of their unnatural silver. I will instruct my legion to recant their distrust of the flesh. I will turn them away from the gifts of the machines and bid them to relearn the mysteries of the flesh, bone, and blood. When my father's crusade is over, this shall be my sacred task. When the fighting is done, I shall cure my legion and myself. For if fighting is all there is, if we may never pause to reflect on what such devotion to strength is doing to us, 
then our compulsions will only grow. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the reason I said I find that very interesting is because the iron hands now are incredibly similar to Mechanicus. They believe the, the more machine they are, the closer they are to the machine gun and the more they respect Ferris. One of the more recent Space Wolf books, part of it takes place through the eyes of a, I think it's a captain or something along those lines in the Iron Hands. And he's, he, in his own mind, he is one of the most pure because I think literally the only thing he has left is one that's human is one lung, his heart and his brain. This man has one, one lung and a brain pretty much. And he said that he said he was the most pure. So the fact that uh, hearing that quote from Ferris, I'm like, something fucking went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) For all you listeners, obviously I know what that thing is, but not everybody knows. So shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin it. We're not there yet, kids. Fucking spoilers. I think it's interesting because I'm not sure why the drastic change either, because I'm I'm in the dark right now, too. I'm sure I'll find out later after the Horus Heresy. But what interests me most about this is that instead of openly telling his men stop, like this is not something I'm proud of. He just lets it fucking happen. I don't understand. This is one of the downsides about the whole just the entire Imperium. He clearly sees it as a bad thing. He's like, I recognize the good I can do with this bad. And when people are seeing the same, I'm not going to correct it because for now it's good. But like, you could have just been like, hey, don't do that. It's okay. <laughs> like I promise, we're, we're in war. You're going to lose that arm naturally. It's good. <laughs> we'll just replace it when you actually yeah. lose it. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, some of this oh, fucked. Fucked. Yeah. Well, on that note, on that quote, that quote, on that note, <laughs> notius quotatious. No, notius quotatious. Do you think it's time for a midi break? I a little middle. Would actually love a mid break. I want to finish recording uh, two weeks from now. Well, hello there, friends and fuckos. For a good old wow, <laughs> well, that sounds like you're a fucko. You put your you put that label on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a mid break, where as always, we're gonna thank our motherfucking patrons. Motherfucking patrons, go thank them. We've got a seven cents remake to include the air, Evie from HR. And a newbie. Thanks, newbie. I am Alfarius. I see your joke. I think it's hilarious. I'm so excited to tell Aaron why that's funny. <laughs> but not this episode, right? Not this episode. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's not funny until the end of the horse. Well, not halfway through the horse. Episode. That being said, now also feels like a good time. I did put an announcement, like five announcements in the Discord. But I will also say it here because I know not everybody checks the Discord every day. Plus, we talk a lot, so it gets, it's, you know, dispersed. Aaron and I had talked about it, and we had come up with an idea that hopefully you guys like and makes sense. Basically, we know a lot of you want to be on the Patreon chats, but you just can't afford it due to life. Kids don't like us that much. We get it. So what we've decided is for everyone at the Adeptus Fumblus or Cork and Mork patron levels, we will allow them to kind of sponsor somebody for one patron chat. What this means is I will announce a week of the patron chat, both on here and at the Discord, probably on Twitter as well. And if you are interested in being a patron chat, but you are not a patron, are you in a, a corn dog or up patron? Let me know if you're interested. Like, like it, comment it, 
message DM me personally, whatever, and I will put your name into a theoretical hat. And then I'm going to take that hat, I'm going to throw it out the window, and I'm going to send my dog to go find me a few names. For instance, right now, there would be a one open slot from the Seven Sins. So if five of you are interested, one of you will get lucky and you'll be able to join. I like it. Is there anything you want to add? <laughs> I like it. Is that's all I want to add. <laughs> that's fair. I, I I think we're trying to be very fair about it. While also, of course, we we want to give everybody a chance. Anyone who's interested. So, that being said, the next patron episode will be. Let's say it will be recorded on the seventeenth. Mango lied to you all. But it gives plenty of time for everybody to be like, ah. We recorded on the 10th. I will, of course, remind everybody through Discord. Anyone who is interested, like I said, DM me, comment on it. This is kind of, this was kind of thrown together, kind of not, but you have some idea what we're doing. I like to pretend I know I'm smart. So, yeah, here's hoping this works out. I genuinely hope we get uh, some of you guys hopping on in. And if one of you wanted to give another shot, of course, you're always welcome to become another patron. I'm also excited for people to tell me that I'm wrong and or teach me things. I do enjoy learning <laughs> things. A lot of you are smarter than me or at the very least know a lot more about specific people, places and things than me. So it's awesome whenever you guys hop in and tell us. Ask Blades. He's always around. He's everywhere. Last week I caught him in my closet. Oh, and he was I like, see. I thought this was part of the $100 tier. It's like Blades, come on <laughs> Anyway, sponsors. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, not sponsors. Not? I I brought a merch item. Merch item after sponsors. Uh, no, I want to do it now. Fine. Be that way. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to open this up, I brought. Uh, I put it in the merch segment for you, Mango. I brought a very special item because I know we have. Uh, I, I have insulted some of our uh, listeners. Our, our, our particularly our um, alien robot listeners are uh, <laughs> uh, I say this because if you're not a part of our clan on Tacticus you didn't get to see the message I sent uh, talking about what was it what were we talking about uh, you had said something about the something about one of the bosses is bullshit like it was super hard I don't remember this conversation I think it was a Necron, but we had a Necron. Their username was like Necron Lover or something in there. And I had said, yeah, fuck those Necrons. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to let it known it was a joke. <laughs> I think he knows it was a joke. But he hasn't I, left. He plays more than you do. <laughs> I try, damn it. Uh, but I did bring this specifically for you Necron lovers. So what I have here is a ugly Christmas sweater design. That's right. That's right. But here's the thing. It's not just an ugly Christmas sweater. You can get this design as a bomber jacket. You can get it as a hoodie. You can get it as a pullover hoodie. You can get it as a OG ugly Christmas sweater. Or you can get it as an ugly Christmas short sleeve shirt. Dude. The prices will vary you're say, ugly, from t- ugly Christmas shorts. <laughs> you can also get it as ugly Christmas shorts. Uh, <laughs> so your prices will vary. They'll be anywhere from twenty seven ninety five all the way up to sixty nine ninety five, and you can get this on indostore.com and we'll have the link in the show notes for you. Um, but yeah, it is none other than our lovely little Necrons symbol. Uh, in the design format of none other than an ugly Christmas sweater. And honestly, I, I kind of want the bomber jacket version of this because it's actually pretty fucking cool. The, the design is, <laughs> it, it fits weirdly well into the Christmas thing. I know. But yeah, there's my uh, comedic, not so comedic uh, merch item for you this week. Slash apology. Slash apology. I brought... Nothing. I'm joking. Uh, it, because we're talking about Ferris Manus, I found a Ferris Manus t-shirt, which doesn't sound that cool, except that it is seemingly the art style is done by a remembrancer. 
which I don't remember if I don't know if you remember what remembers there is. They basically do skit. They're they're journalists that's primarily record by drawing. Yeah. yeah. So I actually kind of look. I don't really care. I feel bad. I just Ferris Manus doesn't really do it for me. And I definitely don't give a shit. I don't like machines. Machines aren't my thing. What do you think I chose the only faction in the space army that beats the shit out of people and rides actual wolves? It does It does look really cool. The, the, it does look like it's hand-drawn. I don't know if that's the case. It just looks that way. But it's on GW's website. It is $29.99. And actually, currently, there is two separate codes one for 15% off of two T's and one for 20% off of four T's going on on their website. Hell yeah. Speaking of discount codes, should we rattle off some of ours? Oh, fucking now. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So roll on over to fanrolldice.com and use the promo code almighty C 10. That's the word all the word mighty the letter C and 10 and save yourself 10% off of our lovely, lovely dice that we have over there. Uh, not ours. It's fan rolls, but uh, <laughs> they got some new ones coming out. Uh, closer to the holiday season. And uh, they're awesome. I shared some images and stuff in our discord and I already have people hit me up. When are they coming out? What they are is we have dragon dice, which, Okay we see them all the time everywhere and the dragon eyes dice were really cool that fan roll did and they still have some by the way they're coming out with more but these actually have the dragon's heads inside of them they're the resin filled with the dragon's head inside or you can get the scale mail design on your dragon's dice in addition to that they're also coming out with the black light dice sets and the black light dice tray which is awesome I've sent some pictures to everybody. I've shown everyone and eventually we're going to do an unboxing hopefully soon. And you guys can see it firsthand before they come out to the public. Super stoked about that one. And then additionally, they're going to be having the new Pathfinder dice coming out. The first set is going to be none other than our lovely Pathfinder goblins. Their head will be inside of all the dice. You can special order a set, a large oversized D20, or you can uh, buy the gift box, which comes with a dice tray, uh, dice bag, dice set. Uh, it comes with all kinds of assorted items. It's legit. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to go check any of that stuff out or go check out some of their old dice, which is still awesome, make sure you head on over there and use the promo code almightyc 10 Then you're going to head over to Nixie Gaming and use the promo code L-O-Z-Lore. That is L-O-Z-Lore. And save yourself 10% off of some sweet-ass Nintendo Switch accessories. Sweet. Currently, sweet. Currently, they have the pumpkin orange uh, controllers for the, the Nintendo GameCube controllers that have come out. I wish I would have waited because I have the silver version, which is cool. But I want the orange that's, ones because it's much just so basic. <laughs> but yeah, they have the new Halloween edition ones out. Uh, go check it out. Head on over there and make sure you use the promo code LOZLURE. Save yourself 10% off there as well. And then, last but certainly not least, if you're feeling kind of down and low on energy, head on over to Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy. <laughs> use the code FUMBLING4. That is the word FUMBLING and the number four. And save yourself 10% off a huge variety of awesome energy drink selections. Super, super fairly priced. It basically breaks down to like a dollar an energy drink. Super good for you. Super awesome. And it is built specifically for us gamers to keep going and going and going and going. Please don't sue me, Energizer. Uh <laughs> Energizer? It's Energizer. Yep. Or is it herself? One of the two. It's a battery. <laughs> it's a battery. It's a battery. But anyway, use the promo code FUMBLING4 at W Energy and save yourself 10% off. There we go. There's our sponsors. And more to come. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Big break.
Welcome back to the regular sharded. Hope you like enjoyed the midbreak. Hopefully you buy lots of stuff, even if you don't have any money. Now we're going to go into a little bit about Medusa. Great. Pretty tired if it's not obvious. While I'm waiting on crit to get back from getting water. I ran a 5k today. Walked. Very tired. Welcome back. Shit, I wasn't ready. All right. You ready for this? It's going to be me talking now about nothing. I don't know shit about this. Turn off my headset. (laughs) Boom. Ready to talk about some Medusa geography? Yeah, I always heard that she was really pretty before she got snakeheads. Yeah, all that plastic surgery really got her. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the anamorphic surgery. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So anyway. No, we're going to talk about the planet, Medusa. Um. So... So first things first, the sky. We're going to work our way down from top to bottom. The sky. The skies are always dark and choked by volcanic ash on the planet Medusa. Uh. (laughs) Because of this, the sun can barely penetrate. So it leaves the areas around the land barren and wasted. Ah. Like my mom after the 90s. <laughs> was that after you were born? Really hip. Bazinga! I, really no, I was born in 2013. What are you talking about? Oh my God, you baby. <laughs> so uh, that, yeah, it, it explains a lot here. Barren wastelands. They're just destroyed disgusting there's there's no sun penetrating so nothing really can grow next up we have the mountains the massive mountain there is a massive there's huge mountain chains throughout the planet medusa they this is the interesting part though we wanted to know where volcanic ash came from it's straight from these mountains Hence why another reason why everything's barren and wasted because the ash is constantly covering the earth. And on top of that, there's constant volcanic volcanic eruptions everywhere. See, that's kind of, so it's, that's kind of interesting. What I, what you're saying is all that volcanic ash comes from volcanoes. Yeah. Weird. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a geologist or volcanoologist. I don't know what the fuck those people are. What I was getting at was there was enough of it in the air to choke out the planet's sun. And that means that there is a countless amount of these things because from what I, from, I do know a lot about science. Okay. I love science as a kid growing up. So one volcano can produce enough to choke off the sky during a volcanic eruption, but it cannot do that for the entire surface of a planet. Obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not getting choked out here in central America when, you know, Hawaii has a volcano erupt. Now, we are getting some of the backlash from that, though. When a volcano erupts, not all the ash immediately falls within the direct vicinity. It is carried by the wind. Ergo, sometimes, you know, when a volcano erupts in, like, Canada or something, let's just go off there. We would get some of the volcanic ash from that, which would show itself as basic dust. So, that being said, you multiply that by infinite... Yeah, it's going to choke off the entire surface, which is also going to lead to other issues, which is what we're getting to. The poles of this planet are frozen tundras. Okay. Again, because no heat from the sun can penetrate, the only heat we're getting is from the volcanoes. We're getting thermal energy here. Since the poles are to the north and south, direct pinpoints to the top and bottom of the planets they probably aren't going to get a whole lot of volcanic thermal energy. Ergo, we're going to have frozen wastelands in these two areas. The interesting part about this is because of all of this going on, it's commonly referred to as the land of shadows. So we've talked about the sky. We've talked about the mountains. We've talked about the North and South Poles. Let's talk about some interesting facts about the North and South Poles. 
So, Santa. what'd you say? Santa? Santa? <laughs> Satan? Santa Claus? Santa Claus? Santa? Uh, <laughs> so, the poles themselves are freezing in savage lands, and there is a place within these lands called the Land of Shadows. It's called this because it is a barren, silent region that is completely strewn with nothing but alien ruins that are millions of years old. They're sold, in fact, some of the Imperial Savants believe that they may belong to the ancient... I could not figure out for the life of me to pronounce this. I'm pretty sure it's just Necrons. But it's... Necrontier? Necrontier. Yeah, Necrons here. Okay. I thought there was an older race than the Necrons. I thought we had discussed that when we talked briefly on the Necrons. Okay. So I was right. So it's the Necrontier civilization. So it's the older version of the Necrons. So a lot of the Imperial savants believe that this is ruins from that ancient race. Which would explain Ferris's hands. Exactly. So in addition to this, Karashi, the ice pinnacle, is exactly where Ferris landed and when he landed he landed so hard that it basically cut the top half of this ice giant ice mountain out it just blasted it straight off collapsed on top of him and to this day there is still a giant gaping hole at its peak that consistently spews out ash and steam and the people of Medusa believe that this is a shining light of Ferris Manus when he crashed over a millennia ago they basically worship this site because they worship him. Makes sense. Another thing is their belief system here. They believe that Medusa still rumbles in a constant geological anger because it is a reminder for the people of this planet to continually stay vigilant. And the remind it's not a vigilant as in like, oh, stay vigilant so you can survive. No, it is a vigilance as it's their the people of this planet believe that Medusa is trying to get them prepared for the day that the ice pinnacle ceases to rumble because that is the day that their great Primarch's second coming will happen. Oh, so it's the it's the wolf time for them. Yeah. Exactly. So, and they believe that when this happens, the volcanoes of Medusa will finally stop erupting and Medusa will finally be content because Medusa's Primarch will have returned. Medusa's savior will have returned. So this is what I was getting at when you were talking about primitive beings. Yes, they're primitive in the sense of a lot of their beliefs are primitive, but they're not cavemen. They're just backwards. That's fair. I mean, like I said, they have tech priests, shaman, because it's not like they yeah. it's not like they were shit out of a rock. No, no, no. Because the, they were there for the golden age. They just immediately mm-hmm. lost their fucking minds during the age of strife. So their culture. So we'll, we'll get into the culture in a minute, but it's important to know moving forward that the people of Medusa are more nomadic, meaning they're constantly moving. They don't really have a place to consistently call home. The, the, you know, Russ's home planet is similar to this, you you know, but they still have stationary points. Like this is our village. This is our town, but they are, they do live somewhat nomadic. They are constantly foraging and constantly moving out, staying off in campsites to, you know, grab the resources and things and intelligence. But these guys don't have a place to call home. The people of Medusa don't have a place to call home. The planet is their home. They're nomadic in that sense. Right. So moving forward, there is a place that we really want to talk about. I don't want to go too far into it because I. So when I started reading this, you can clarify this for me. And uh, this is a spoiler for everybody, potentially. Mango. Mm -hmm. After the Horus Heresy, does Medusa still exist? I don't remember. 
because when I think I believe it does. When I think of planets that have been destroyed. I, I'm vastly overwhelmed with thoughts of Prospero and Cadia. Two very different, <laughs> two very different points in time. I just, I don't, I cannot for the life of me remember very many other planets. Although I, a lot happened. Planets got like swallowed into the warp and shit like that. But yeah. So, because some it, I, the research I did on this, it, some of it was counter. It was, it was you know, it kind of counteracted each other. One said they used to. Another one says they still currently do. So I was trying to figure out if way maybe they were written in different formatting, like different timelines. It's possible. Like, or you know, so I'm just gonna go with what I found. I'm just gonna give it to you blank, straight to the point. So, even after good old Iron Hands arrival. The world still remains sparsely developed and much of Medusa's populace continue to be nomadic. So even after the Iron Hands came in, they're still very nomadic. However, the chapter does maintain a number of fortified facilities across the planet's surface, and each of them serve both practical and symbolic purposes. So one of these, this is the one I really want to talk about, is the Gorgon's Forge. Okay. It is a factory that produces very complex pieces of equipment. It is near Medusa's southern pole. Okay. It hosts a contingent of Adeptus Mechanicus tech priests. And it is rumored... To also have a handful of STC fragments. Uh huh. So, the other interesting thing is this forge is constantly going, day and night, constantly forging. It is also said that the Iron Hands vehicles, after being damaged in battles, are brought specifically here to undergo repairs as well as the dreadnoughts. So moving from that, the last thing that this forge is rumored to do is produce the finest weapon weapons of the chapter. Masterwork examples of the armorers are constructed specifically Makes sense. By, by the Iron Hand's mightiest heroes. So the most masterful skilled blacksmiths are here specifically at the Gorgon's Forge. And everything that they use or everything that a mighty hero of the Iron Forge uses is either rebuilt or built specifically here. So this place holds a very, very important, not only symbolic because it's in the Southern Pole, but purposeful practice for the Iron Forge or the Iron Hands. I wanted to talk about that because that's also going to go into our culture. So the culture of this planet before his arrival was extremely nomadic and primitive. Now I say primitive, not as in caveman, but primitive as an essential, they were using basic tools. You're not getting chainsaws and power drills here. Okay. No, we're using hand axes and hand saws and they were, we're still back in the primitive days. We're not using expensive tech. Basically, whatever we can make with our hands, we're using. After arrival, however, things changed drastically. So the culture, the people are reflective of the environment. The environment is harsh and unforgiving. And so are the Medusans. They're fierce, hardy people who cannot afford weakness of any kind in their ranks. They specifically weed out those people. If you are weak or sick, you have to survive without aid or you will, or you're going to be forgotten. We're going to leave you behind. We will not heal the sick or the weak. Well, when you're nomadic like that, it doesn't sound like they care too much about like medicine and stuff like that. So I can't say I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. And it is believed that if you are sick and you are weak, you are to sacrifice yourselves to the elements so that you will not drain existing resources 
and you will not put your friends and family at risk. Like if you're deemed weak or sick, you're like, all right, just walk out into the wilderness and get blown up or, you know, turn to ash ball volcano eruption or, you know, whatever. <laughs> this comes down to not only the elements, but also Ferris saw that weakness could kill the people around him and came to believe that that. infirmity of any kind was a plague. Maybe that's why I'm blanking. Infirmity. So infirmity. Hold on. Let me look up the definition here because I don't want to give physical or mental weakness. There we go. So infirmity is like physical or mental weakness, like any sort of weakness, according to Ferris, is a plague. Okay, what a douche. <laughs> as as the autistic host, what a douche. <laughs> uh, yeah, massive douche. I got ADHD, so that means I would be weeded out too. <laughs> got a bad back and back leg. We're we're just screwed. We wouldn't make it on Ferris's team. Fucking dick. At least Russ would like cut my leg off, give me a new one, and tell me to go raise wolves or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Fuck this guy. (laughs) So, yeah, he basically furthered Ferris furthered this belief in the culture of these people that he, too, thought weakness needed to be weeded out. And he basically instead of allowing them to maybe have the chance to survive in the elements. No, he he's like, no, we'll just off you. Like we're we're not even gonna give you the chance to basically come maybe come back stronger. No no no, you need to go. <laughs> so the other thing is because of this, weak children were routinely exposed to the elements, so as not to place an unnecessary encumbrance on the rest of the clans and community. So when the time came that ad- adults were incapable of providing for the community they left their clan. So children were exposed to the elements repeatedly. And then adults, when they couldn't do anything about like your elderly, they just left. They just disappeared one day. <laughs> uh, Where'd dad go? S- well, last night he kind of, you know, couldn't. So he hit, went out for cigarettes. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, you know, that kind of progressed when the emperor landed and was like, hey, what's up? Basically, Ferris's mentality went from not only the weak, but those who completely turned against my father were immediately going to murder those. So without hesitation, most of the Medusans were like, yeah, OK, Emperor Daddy's Big Daddy. We we love Big Daddy. Big Daddy's better than you. Got it. Cool. Like they weren't a planet known for producing callous and heinous warriors. Just they, bunch, that's their culture. Bunch of dick bags. Got it. Just a, yeah. I mean, this is a dark and dreary and terrible planet. Nobody who farts sunshine and rainbows is coming from this planet. All right. That's not happening. That's just no happy people do not come from this planet. This is the emo goth. Just destruction planet okay like nobody happy comes from here i'm just picturing the place from whenever jonah hill had a bad trip in 21 jump street (laughs) pretty much (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so i'm gonna round this off with some notable locations and notable fauna from this planet Mm -hmm. Notable location number one is Felgarithi Mountains. Uh, It's a great mountain range that rises high above the plains of Medusa and consists of 10 peaks and each of those are hundreds of meters high. And they pierce the sky. So they pierce the ashy veil. The Eye of Medusa is considered sacred to the clans of Medusa deep within the Felgarithi Mountain region. And they consider it because they believe it is the eyes of the planet Medusa itself. It is a name given by the native Medusans to a great ice pinnacle where Ferris Manus originally crashed. Oranus Rocks is the name given to a mountain ridge that extends for several hundred kilometers, stretching from north to south. And it consists of lumps of diorite, it consists of ultra large lumps of diorite here. 
and that is a material, a crystal found specifically only on Medusa. I love crystallized dairy. Uh, and then it also has Arenas Rock, where the trial of rocks is traditionally held. And this is a trial that is held to test neophytes of the Iron Hands chapter. What's that? It's a rock. You're in. You're in. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this is an area in which is specifically used as a testing site for neophytes. So that is your important areas of Medusa. And now the only two notable fauna entirely on this planet. You have the mountain yarks, people? which are oh yeah, people. Uh, the mountain yarks are a cross between a giant leopard and a large primate of Terra. It stands several meters tall and has broad shoulders like a great ape. And its long arms arch both powerful and fast. And its whole body is covered with black shaggy just hair. And the head is encircled, but it looks like a lion's mane. It is fierce. It is fast. It frequently hunts young Medusans for just, you know what, food eats. (laughs) (laughs) It also is hunted by young Medusans to attempt to impress the iron hands. So the hunter becomes the hunted. Uh, and in the sole attempt to be like, I want to be an Iron Hand now. Check out what I can do. <sighs> the last notable fauna here is the Oryx. It is a large quadruped that possesses a giant set of antlers and is only native to the planet of Medusa. So that is it. That's the only fauna we have that is notable here. Everything else is non-existent for the most part i it's it's a barren wasteland so i would go as even as far as i mean i didn't find any of our research but i i wouldn't put it past this place to be somewhat cannibalistic in the past Ooh, that would make a lot of sense actually Mm-hmm. it's i mean from what you can see in images this place from space is just a gray gaseous ball is what it looks like used to say that the same about me I mean this place is encircled by a large ring of just what looks like space debris it's it's a depressing planet okay I can understand why just nothing but assholes come from this planet (laughs) so when you say space debris do you mean like wrecked ships or like like asteroids or honestly it looks like a giant it's hard to say because the image that i found of this planet a lot of the debris looks it looks unnatural and it's forging so like there's a lot of like we have a lot of perfect rectangular pieces and mm-hmm. triangle pieces it looks like it could be ship debris and it also looks like it could be space debris mixed in there like you know destroyed asteroids and makes sense it's hard to tell Especially if it failed during like the age of strife or whatever. It could just be like leftover satellites. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, and then uh, not to mention, we also have the potential of, you know, we had this ancient race of alien r- robots. Necrons. It was here at one point, the Necron. Yeah. So the Necron, Necron tier, there we go. We have this ancient race of Nekantir that was here. They could have had their own tech on the exterior of this planet as well. And it's, I would even go as far as to say, I mean, GW hasn't come out and said it or anything, but I would say this place was once upon a time a forge, like a giant planet of just the, for the purpose of foraging new tech for the, the Nekantir. It's possible because at one time they pretty much conquered the galaxy. So it is possible, but I don't know. I know that the neck rings wouldn't leave debris around the planet because when they went into hiding was like millions of years ago. There wouldn't be anything like that left. Whenever they came back, they like dug their way out from buried tombs. Well, I mean, 
I'm not saying that their tech is still left here. What I am saying though is, is what they didn't take. Obviously, they left like ancient runes is the word I was looking for. Gotcha. I was trying to think of the word. Um, I mean, obviously, we got ancient runes and things on this planet. I'm saying that there were possibly this. Some of this stuff was like ancient runes that were almost like a docking station or stuff. Yeah. I mean, we knew these these creatures had the potential of space travel. They conquered almost the entire galaxy. So there's nothing saying that this couldn't have been like a docking station for them to descend to the planet. And, you know, this planet itself was just a giant forge. So, or a holy site even because of its forging capabilities. Certainly possible. So there's a lot of theories that could go around with this planet. I'm really looking at, interested in looking into Medusa later with some theories that I've got bouncing in my head. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's my biggest theory going on is, is that I think this used to be like some sort of holy site due to foraging for the Necrotier. So... I don't know. I'm interested. This this one's piqued my interest. It's fair. It's not like a death world. <laughs> if I had to guess, it's probably just some place where they buried some people. But I don't really know. Like I said, I don't know that much about the neck rings. I just know the general idea. So you could very well be right. We'll have to see moving forward. We GW, will. do something with this planet. <laughs> oh, they may have already. We haven't gotten there. <clears throat> Oh, well, anyway, I'm done. That's all I got for you. I got the geography, the peoples, the culture, all gone. And the two fauna that are important. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's truly not too much about Ferris. Again, pre-heresy. His like, best friend was Fulgrim. He forged Forgebreaker, which was Perturapo's weapon which is terrifying to look at. It's a big-ass hammer. I mean, it sounds to me like he's a massive dickhead who forges cool stuff. Huge piece of shit. Sounds like the brother they keep in the back room that no, they don't just, don't, just don't talk about him. They're like, no. If I learned anything from this, I don't like Ferris Manus. Mm-hmm. I already knew I didn't really like the Iron Hands. Sorry for all the Iron Hands players out there. Like I said, machine's <laughs> not really my thing. But your Primark's a little douchey. <laughs> just a little I think we agree iron hands Primark douche total douche big old big floppy douche GW you made us mad <laughs> that being said if you want to look us up anywhere you can find me at Naked Mango 33 on Twitch crit I am an almighty crit on Twitch it's super easy to find you can look us up we have Twitters. We have Discord, which all of us will be in the show notes. And don't I say it every episode, do not be afraid to hit me up on Oops, I Fooked Up or just DM me or whatever with any corrections. I'm more than happy to be corrected. Did we get any corrections this next week or this we, following week? We have not had. We've had, I've had a few people reach out to me and be like, hey, bah, 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 and let's just chat a little bit but I can't consider any of them actual corrections. Oh. It's more like, hey, you were saying this, but if you look slightly to the left, here's some more info. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I just missed this one little thing or something like that. Nothing I can label as a correction. Just gee whiz. Yeah, yeah. and stuff that like, if I was going to do another episode, I could toss the shit in there. The other thing I like to add here is if, if you do like this show and you do like the lore that we drop on you, feel free to go check out some of our other podcasts. We have the Resident Evil lore. We have the Kingdom Hearts lore cast. That's next episode is going to be releasing this week. The Legend of Zelda lore cast. And uh, if, if you're tired of lore and you just want some good old fashioned role playing, we have those too. You can go check out the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit D&D live play. Uh, Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries live play. And you can check out the Cyberpunk Cyberpunk Red Live Play. All of which you can find if you just look up Fumbling 4 and the Almighty Crit, wherever you get your podcasts. All of our lovely shows will jump up. <laughs> For those of you that are just here because you love me, I'm in a weird amount of these. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> a staggering amount, if you will. I just kind of show up sometimes and be funny. Oh, God. 
uh, the last thing I want to cover is those of you who started playing Tacticus because of us. We're full all the fucking time. I do. This is a heads up for all of you out there. After about four days, if you have not named your account and you have not played for four days, I kick out of the plan. After seven days, if you're named, but I just don't know who the fuck you are, I'll kick you because we constantly have more people wanting to join. This is not me telling you, you have to play. We're not a hardcore guild. There's no real rules. It's just because we're popping. I'm trying to make room for people who are trying to hop in and play. If for whatever reason, I can't, if you go on vacation or something, you get kicked, shoot me a DM on here. I'll re-add you. Not a big deal. Just trying to trying to make everybody happy. And you fuckers want it all. <laughs> but on that note, I love all of you except for one. Me. Except for two. And <laughs> we will see you next week. Don't forget about the patron chat. Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon. Coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener, remember, in the 41st millennia, There is only war.